Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? So I recently had a dream, is like two nights ago, and I think for um, those on the spiritual path, there are some interesting details to discuss. First of all, I've heard about this dream before I've had it, which I think is interesting. So I've heard it mentioned by Gene Hart, and then I've also heard it mentioned uh, by some of the Gnostic um, tutors. And... It's it's not really like this, you know, huge mystical experience or anything. It's basically like I went to sleep in the dream, which is really kind of weird in itself. Like, how do you fall asleep in the dream? But I can remember when we were talking last time, you know, dancing in the moonlight, and I had this like inner thing where I was getting excited for the transition of the cycle from the day turning into night. And I can remember in the dream, like, I was going to go to sleep, and I was just excited for it. Like, I was I was cheering it on. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. But I think I have to meditate on the fact that there's, there's, there's differences in going to sleep. And, and when you're going to, to sleep in the dream, it's just like you lose conscious. So I went to sleep. I even went to sleep in a place that like I knew I shouldn't go to sleep. And I don't even, I can't really describe what that was in the dream, but I can make like a connection to it. It'd be like going to sleep on the New York City subway. Like there's just certain places you don't go to sleep. But I just kind of told myself, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just take a little rest. And I went to sleep. And I'm in my dream. I go to sleep and I wake up in the dream and I go to gather myself and I grab my wallet and when I grabbed my wallet I realized it was basically empty like it was, I had my wallet in my hand but I could tell like everything had been taken out of it like it was and I was like oh my god somebody robbed me and I look at my wallet everything's gone and of course I start to panic I'm like, holy crap, i got to call my wife. I've got to cancel these credit cards. I've got to call the bank. I'm trying to remember, like, was my social security card in my wallet? And I'm doing all this organizing checklist to try to figure out how to get things right. And my mind is going like a million miles an hour trying to figure out how to get this situation corrected. And I wake up in my bed and my mind is still going. I wake up, I start going, I'm like, I've got to do this. I got to make these calls. I got to do this. And it lasted, I mean, for like a minute where I woke up in my bed and I'm convinced my wallet is stolen. I'm super stressed out and I'm trying to figure out all the 
details of what I need to get done to fix the situation. But as that is all going on, I'm also kind of kicking myself. I'm like, why did you go to sleep there? Like you knew better. Why did you go to sleep there? So that was the seed question. Why did you go to sleep there? And as soon as that question hit, it's weird because the questions, you've always said this, like the questions are so much more important than like getting stuck with the answers. But that question, why did you go to sleep there? And it that started to trickle deeper inside. And I started to realize, wait, I just woke up in my bed. And then I started to put it together. Oh my God, that was all a dream. But it was the sensation of waking up in my bed after... And with all that stress and then having the seed questions start to illuminate the truth inside me that, no, this actually didn't happen. You're caught in stressors of your own creation and all you need to do to get out of it is just slow down and breathe. And I got to see like the tendrils of ego that were wrapped around me and I got to see them like slowly untangle and release. And I just had this overwhelming sense of, Oh my gosh, I'm okay. None of that happened. All of that was just stuff that you were caught in. That was your own creation. And from that sense of relief, And because I've heard this dream before from the Gnostics and from Gene Hart, another seed question came right then and there. And that was, who stole my energy? Yeah, it's very symbolic. Um, I think we talked about the energy being stolen in in that world and everything when you were telling that story it was just popping off about you know how how i can relate or people can relate to um that story in a sense of uh, a simple daydream like a simple daydream that takes you off your presence something is stealing your energy I mean, you're getting ganked, like you said. You're right. getting, and and there, I guess there's different levels of it, but you see the thoughts that come across the screen of your mind um, on a constant basis, and in the dream world, it's more of like a complete entanglement of of that subconscious from the 3D when you go to sleep. So you know, to have a dream like that and be able to wake up and look at it for what it was and, and see the question come out of it. It's pretty profound. Um, and symbolic just to the fact that it happens all the time. Um, you know, the thoughts come in and, and that's why it's so important for the objectivity of, of the awareness to, to kick in and, and hold that energy in. But that's like the whole nuts and bolts of spirituality. That's like everything. It's, it's, it's what separates the Buddha from, 
uh, a person that's not spiritual. And it's not even a, it's not a pedestal thing. It's a discipline thing. We've talked about concentration. It's, it's concentration. Um, you lose your concentration during the day. Um, and your energy can be stolen. So it's how people get angry. It's the birth of like road rage. It's, it's, it's every reaction over reaction that you see on a day-to-day basis from people is their energy being stolen. Just think about someone who, you know, I think we're past the point of like overreacting and just something taking over like anger, but just look at that as an example. I mean, we've all seen the person in the store that gets angry over something very frivolous and you're looking at them like, wow, how is that even possible? You're actually getting angry over one, something that you can't control and, and probably over the action or judgment of another person. And once that happens, that overreaction happens, then your energy is just like being ganked. I love that word, by the way. <laughs> it's yeah. getting ganked. Even though it looks like you're putting out a lot of energy, you're getting ganked while you're doing that. Right. And that's why you probably feel bad afterwards. I mean, after, you know, an anger episode for no reason, I don't think that person's feeling like the best. They're feeling pretty drained after something like that happens. So. Confused. Yeah. Confused. Um, but you brought up the question. I was listening to Osho and Osho is kind of in one ear and out the other. And you wait for that diamond to ping you. It's kind of how I listen to most people. You know, you're listening for that gem to ping you while you're going down the road. And he started on uh, the question and I've since the beginning of my spiritual journey or whatever you want to call it, it's always a bit been about the question. It's never been about the answer. And he, he said that all of the, all of the issue is in the answer, all of the ego, all of the intellect, all of it's in the answer. As soon as you answer it, it's like, well, the intellect got involved, but the power in those seed questions that you generated from that dream that were left open are like nuclear bombs if they're done correctly. If they're left alone, if they're if they're projected out and the intellect doesn't answer or doesn't try to answer, it becomes this energy ball that's sent out into the universe that has legs of its own and has a manifesting power of its own. And the only reason why that wouldn't come back to you to fruition is the intellect getting in the way, which is another form of getting ganked. If you throw out that seed question and then the intellect tries to answer that question, you get ganked again. It's like leaking energy all over again. And then Um, I think I had some poetry this week about that very thing is, you know, leave it alone. And that being the definition of faith, me never knowing like, you know, what the definition of faith is. Faith is merely asking an open-ended question without the intellect getting involved and answering it. 
it's really all it is. And that requires discipline too. But to me, more so than you, for me, it doesn't just because I've been doing that since I was a little boy. So I, I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what projecting a question. I just knew that, you know, a question as big as who am I was not going to be answered. And to this day, you'll never see me attempt to answer that question. You could write inspiring poetry. You can ask the question again. You can see it flower. I can explain to you how the who am I hit me today, last week. But I'll never be able to, like, answer that with my intellect and say, this is the conclusion I've come to. Right. Yeah, because you, it's, I can see it so clearly as you're talking. It's, um, when I initially get caught, and I'll use, I'll use the wallet dream just because it's, it's a great example of how it all happens. Um, what is going on at that moment is there's a little moment of panic. So there's a moment of panic that is brought on by the environment. Now, those moments can be, they range in intensity. So some people can get caught on like little moments and that's good. But then there's moments that kind of rise to the occasion and they're, they're difficult to ignore because they, they have meaning within your life situation. And a great example of that is like losing your wallet. I mean, that's going to cause a lot of problems that then need to be solved. So as soon as that happens and you realize like, oh my God, I've lost my wallet. What you've done is you've opened a highway and all you're doing is receiving, 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 receiving. And it's just stress, 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 stress. And there's no stopping it. And all of your interactions with it are answers. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And there's no projection. So we've been talking about this, and I can see it in meditation, but then when you look at it closely, it actually also applies to life. So the three keys to meditation are reception, projection, and then balance. But what's happening with that stress is you're out of balance. You're on pure reception. What is projection? Projection is taking a moment and asserting thy will taking a moment and putting thy will. So when I change it just a second and I ask one question, why did I go to sleep there? And then I leave that open. That's that's the door back to divinity. That's the door back out of yourself. Because you can see if you're going to constantly receive how quickly that can get out of hand. I mean, you can, you, can, you can receive all kinds of, you know, I'm powerful, I'm spiritual, I'm doing the right thing, I know what I'm doing, I'm a good person. If you're just always receiving, 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 and you never take a moment to just project, project into divinity, open yourself up to something, what... 
you're powerful, you're spiritual, you're you've doing the right thing, you're a good person, you know all that. You know all of these things in your heart, all of this stuff you know, and this great wide universe of possibilities. You you've you've come to truth, you've come to answers. Yeah, right. It's too big, it's too open ended. Like Jesus was crucified. Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. I mean, those weren't their answers. Those were thy will. Those were greater good. And that's when you realize that balance of always getting caught in receiving and you haven't taken a moment to project back into the will of the divine. And those seed questions are the only way to do it. Yeah, I'd like to talk about how the answer comes too, because we, and what the difference between intellect and that is, I think a a good contrast would be a good talking point. So whenever, whenever I plant a seed for, you know, just say the ultimate, like who am I? obviously I've gotten a lot of answers along the way, especially the last couple of years. So what hits me, obviously words are coming out and I may even describe what I think part of that answer is in this conversation now, but what hits me is terms of the difference between intellect and an answer from a seed question, because, you know, answers do come just because they're, um, they're powerful boomerangs. So it's, it's inevitable. If you're aware, you're going to see, um, your work. You're going to see the boomerang come back. Now, I I can't say if you projected and you then drank every night and made yourself unconscious and, um, whatever you do, drugs or whatever it is that you're going to see that come back. That's, that's, it's not the point. I mean, you got to play the game all the way through. But when it comes back to me, I've often described that in your mind's eye, I always see the original question in some form. Um, I want to say that what you put the answer into is wordless. So there is some translating going on in words always screw everything up some people can do it way better than others some people can do it fairly good and some people probably never talk about their spiritual path to anyone ever for the rest of their life and that's fine too it's just everybody has their different gifts some people may dance some people may sing some people may try to put it into words and have a conversation about it but it always hits me from a projection and time has nothing to do with it. Could be the next day. Could be in the in the case of the who am I. That is an evolving seed that pretty much never ends. And we know that's pretty much the ultimate infinite seed. So you, along and along, I'm getting, oh, you know, no one's going to discover who they are in one shot. You couldn't take it. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to, to handle all of that at once. Um, but so mind's eye trigger, 
you get a, mo- a lot of mind's eye triggers when we're speaking. And then it's up to me to put that wordless knowledge coming back to me into words. And that's way different than the intellect because the intellect, the intellect ego gets involved, which is pretty much the brain of the ego. So the, the, the intellect is, has, you know, all those emotions along with it. Like, the feeling of what you get when you're right. Like if you're making a point to someone, you're in a debate and you've made that point. It's like, Oh, I'm right. And you get a good feeling basically from yourself, just because for a split second, you think that you're smarter than another person. And that makes you feel good. Just trying to paint that contrast because it's such a, it's, I think it's such a huge difference, but I guess in some cases it can be very subtle as well, depending on how you look at it and what type of person you are. But to me, it's very, very acute at the same time when, when I get some kind of um, answer in the form of the mind's eye. And I, I would even put out there, you know, I play around every day. You know, when you, when you start your car, whatever your day is like, practice it. It just in it, just in a, like a very lighthearted, fun way. Not who am I? Obviously, that's a lifetime of spirituality. But play around with little stuff. I mean, play around with like these little tiny seeds that you think just mean nothing, and you're like, oh shit! Like <laughs> it doesn't even. You can play around like with very very minute. Uh, wants or needs or just what I'm saying, fun stuff. It doesn't even have to be something that like you, Luke, really need in that day. But you could still do it to play the game just to see how it works. And it kind of creates a little fun activity during the day that you can get used to how it comes back to you in your mind's eye and then how it's like, yo, you can see it and then how you can translate that back into the words. Um, That's my encouragement is, is play the game. And on a small level and see how it works. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I was, I was doing that uh, this week um, in a new way where it's springtime in springtime up here in New Hampshire. It's, it's pretty intense. Like everything really pops off. So the birds have just been going absolutely nuts. So the first thing I noticed is like, there was a lot of birds like in my path, like in my actual path, like that bird is there. I'm going to be like in that same exact spot in like a couple of seconds. Like I'm walking in that direction and it's happening constantly. And finally I just was like, I got to start paying attention to these birds because they're in my path. And it's, it's, and I'm like, well, how do I pay more attention to the birds? But what you're talking about with the answer, the answer, it was actually um, like, how do I interact? How do I like find triggers to pay better attention? And because there's like blue jays, there's cardinals, like I saw like a purple bird, I saw a yellow bird. And then I realized like, oh my God, these are all the colors. These are all the colors of the chakras. So when a blue jay was like in my path, and I mean this, so this would happen like multiple times in an hour now. So the blue jay's in my path and I'm like, okay, blue jay. 
And as I'm walking there, I'm putting my attention in my neck because the blue chakra is in the neck and I'm just leaving my attention there. Like I'm letting the bird guide where my attention is. I'm just trying to keep my attention and concentration in my neck, like in the area around my neck. Do I feel anything in my neck? And instead of being caught in the intellect, I'm just trying to feel with the chakra system. And then if it was a cardinal, if it was a red one, I would go down to the root. There were yellow ones. And then I would really focus on like belly breathing. Um, there's some purple ones. And then you try to feel the area around your head. So I was letting the birds like guide me to where like my attention is supposed to be and just, and so what you're doing there is, that's what I was talking about before. Like you're now you're receiving from the environment and then you're taking that receiving from the environment and you're you're projecting the will of your attention and concentration so you're and that's really all it is it's reps it's practice you're just practicing asserting your attention which is just being placed in different places of the body and it's it's just like doing spiritual playground reps out there and uh it was it was pretty interesting. It was um, that nothing hugely um, uh, mystical or anything like that. But as soon as you start playing around that way, things do start to get like very synchronistic. Like you start to that interaction gets more and more playful, more and more meaningful, and um, it's a good way to just not be stuck in your drone mental intellect receiving nonsense that's not going to lead anywhere. That's why we call him the bird man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just to take it a step further, in my career I'm in sales, so I have some lengthy conversations with, with people. And during my day, I can turn it into a scavenger hunt. I've seen it work the whole day long, especially a lot of days I have customers that, you know, I have to see, but my favorite days are what, you know, going out without a plan and putting the seed out there. Let me hear something in conversation. And then when you're in conversation with people, you know, the first interaction or whatever it may be, waiting for what's going to come out of their mouth. And I've had so many instances where they've told me where to go next. And I've gone there and it's been, you know, one thing after the other, been like a scavenger hunt. And it's like an ever unfolding day, uh, just moving around kind of like a bird and it's where a lot of the discoveries for me are made so two things happen like in my career i'm finding like little nuggets of places and then in my spiritual life i'm seeing how everything works and getting confirmation and the little seeds i'm throwing out just in something as small as my daily routine so It's fun to do it <clears throat> on large scales, small scales, however you want to, however you want to do it at first. <clears throat> but if you're just interested in, you know, seeing how the seed work works, I would say start small and 
and and have fun with it in the beginning not not attaching it to anything i wouldn't attach it to um you know if you're not a spiritual or religious person i wouldn't attach it to god i wouldn't attach it to anything i would attach i would attach it to nothing but putting something out with good intent some of the best podcasts i've ever listened to and some of the guys that are most had their most grandest experiences had no preconceived notion of what God was no preconceived notion. They were just floating around like a butterfly in this world. Maybe in their twenties, they went from bar to bar to bar, you know, they were living it up. Um, and then they evolve into the thirties and, and still floating around like a butterfly. And all of a sudden they're just making discoveries after discoveries. So I would start by playing the game, not attaching it to anything and seeing how it, how it all works. That would be my, my tidbit of advice to the universe. Yeah. Cause it, you can really see this, like what you're doing is you're, you're expanding like the meditative practice wider and it becomes very, very clear to me now in meditation. There's the, um, I've been doing a couple of different things, but it, it all basically boils down to getting quiet. Like there's a, there can be a long process. And by the way, we should mention those guided meditations are so good at reminding you like how relaxed the body can get. Um, so I think those aren't necessarily going to take you into like mystical meditation, but it's a good idea every once in a while with some of those guided ones, they, they really relax the body. And especially if you're learning like a new routine of relaxation, because your routines can get stale with relaxation. So um, I've been finding those to be helpful right now. It's, it's just a reminder of how relaxed I can get when you put the energy and focus on it. But the meditation itself and the the mechanics of going deeply into the meditation, and I've been using a couple of different artifacts, um, uh, rosary, um, I, I'll have something with me, and it's just holding that something spiritual, meaningful, um, and the cross is always going to work, Um if you have something else, um, I can I go back to drawings that I do are really really strong impressions, and it's just holding those in the mind's eye. So that's that's your projection into the meditation. So you're just holding that for as long as you can. I'm going to hold that cross in my mind's eye for as long as I can. Sometimes you can't get it right away. You might have to open your eyes and if it's in your hand and remind yourself, and then close your eyes and keep that there and it's it's just like doing physical reps like if you if you did like 10 you know heavy bench presses i mean when you get to that 10th one like you can't do anymore like you're maxed out you got to put the thing on the bar and you got to rest you need a couple minutes to rest that's exactly how the meditation goes if you're concentrating that hard you're going to need to take a breath but what you're waiting for is you're waiting for it to switch. 
from my projection to my reception. And when you're concentrating that hard, you'll see it. And one of the things that I've noticed is when it goes back and forth, projection to reception, there is a overwhelming sense of lethargy. I mean, it midday, so one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not tired. I'm right in the middle of the, in the thick of it. And if I, I'll feel, and it's not like a groggy, it's not like I can't get up. And I, it's just in that instant, huge lethargy. And it's really hard to fight off that lethargy. It almost makes me want to nod off. But it's noticing when that projection switches to reception. And that's what's so cool about the birds and the stuff because when you see a blue jay and you focus on your neck, you know your neck is blue and then you try to maybe sense the area around your neck, that's your projection, but your projection will switch. It'll switch to reception. And then that's where things get interesting. Like, what is it? It's talking to me. What is it saying to me? Because that, what I'm doing is projecting. My will is projecting. So if, if you can concentrate and you can see it switch, what that is now is receiving. And then what are you receiving? I'm receiving something from, from the universe. How do I know that? Because... I'm so concentrated on the reception. I'm so concentrated on the switch from the projection to the reception. On a normal daydream, what happens is you just go and the impression of the environment creates a reception. That reception creates another reception. And then you just stagger back into receptions. That's just the mind turning over and over, and now you're its plaything. The energy is being stolen. You're getting ganked. Word of the day, ganked. (laughs) You just described, like, that's not going to be the title either, ganked. I don't know. (laughs) It could be the title. It's kind of good. I just wrote down seed planting and then ganked is really sticking out now. Yeah. Maybe I got ganked. <laughs> I got ganked. <laughs> That's better. Uh, you're describing, I wrote down here, the gap long time um, was coming to me while you're talking is practicing that meditation the projection and that changing to receiving like almost that same instant and what happens on something like the who am i question because the receiving doesn't necessarily come like especially when i was a little boy i don't remember any of it turning into receiving so what is it what's the difference between that as far as long-term seeds how would i know when i'm receiving on something as big as a who am i question the only thing i can answer to that is as i talk about it like my back vertebrae is just like 
chills running up and down the back of my arms right now as I talk about it because it is some sort of feeling, but it's sparked by the mind's eye. So anything major that obviously your awakening was part of the answer to the who am I? That was, that was, that was a piece to the puzzle. So I had a feeling and a lot of my mind's eye was going back to the day I asked the question, who am I? My first awakening my first awakening was insane. You know, the day that I awakened, the amount of times that my mind's eye went back to the original question. Why would my mind's eye just go back to the original question? Like something is built in to your brain. If you're besides your intellect, your spiritual brain, like if you get something I'd always wondered, it the who am I was above any, that's why I'm so big on the religious activity because it was so far beyond any religious religious activity on this earth that I knew that there was a who am I question beyond all that. So when the power of that is, you've talked about it being on your nose, but so hard to find. So if you're one person and you're like, I know there's something more to this life. I know there's something more like I, I feel like something's missing. And that who am I comes out or just that comes out. Just the fact that besides the who am I, I always had an overwhelming sense that there was something right under my nose. An overwhelming sense of that. So when I heard someone speak that came from a different place and it wasn't from intellect, I immediately knew it. It was like a breath of fresh air. And then that who am I? Then, and now I'm talking about 15 years, 10 years, 15 years. I'm talking about years where that projection was a projection that I didn't know the hell I was doing. That's what I'm saying. The power in it has nothing to do with you like willing an answer or trying to answer or anything like that. It's nothing to do with anything like that. It's really sincerely asking a question out to the universe, knowing that you don't know, but you do know there's something out there far greater than you can even comprehend. And that's the only thing, you know, you're just asking that sincerely. And if you, if you don't know what that is, you just ask it sincerely. Just ask that question. It has to be shown what that is. Ask to be, that that's a beautiful seed question and and especially for someone that's you know doesn't feel like they even have a clue what we're talking about but has an underlying knowing that there's something far greater than what they've been told by maybe their religious organization or whatever it may be asked to be shown and and leave it like that go about your business the next day and the next day and the next day and then you know, if you did it sincerely, it's inevitable, whether it be one year or two years or 10 years. In my case, I asked it very young. So it's not like I really was going to get a profound answer until I was at least some kind of man, I feel like. So when it come back to me, the first awakening, there's a gap in a lot of those seed questions. So the reception is not there for many, many years. I've projected this, 
massive ball of energy that I have no idea that I just send out in the universe. And I did it probably multiple, multiple, I know I did it multiple times. When it comes back that day, all my mind's eye could go back to all those questions that are always answered. They, they literally went back as though I was commencing in some kind of uh, divine communion with my history, with my question asking. But how do my receptors go back to those moments? How is it? How, I mean, I'm talking about 15, 20 years. How does my mind's eye like go back to those original questions? How does it how does it do that? So something's at play far greater than me, far greater than intellect, that when I put those out and I get them back, in my case, it was an awakening at a very young age. And all I can say is, yeah, going outside, seeing the trees and it being beautiful. Yes, all of that we've talked about. But the reception was, oh, I remember asking that question. I sincerely asked the question when I was like 10. So why am I saying that the day I awaken? I'm, I'm going back to the original projection, but that's the full circle moment of the seed. You'll never, you'll never be shown the answer without the original projection in the mind's eye without that feeling that comes with it. That's how you know. Yeah, it's interesting listening to you. Um, I can tell when I'm listening to you, I can just, I can see like the different operation. And I, I really think that when I talk about like reception and projection, I think you've been in balance for such a long time. So, I mean, I've talked to you for about like your right hand and like how, how strong your projected attention has been through now decades. And I think what you're doing is that strength of projection just creates, because that's what I was never doing. I was never projecting. So your strength of projection creates a balance naturally with the reception and then what you're talking about at the end when it goes back to the original question, that's just, um, that's the part that comes, that's how the universe like goes through your own heart to like open your eyes to the fact that you're on to something. The universe is just using what is there in you and your heart is so good at like signaling like, yep, that's on target. And so what you're just in balance so you're naturally just walking around in balance and you've been doing it for a really, really long time. For me, I've never been in balance. So like I'm back at the, um, I, I, I can go back like right because I don't have the history of that and I can see like where the balance begins. Like I can see the infancy of the balance. And that's what I'm being, that's what I'm being um, aggressively going at right now. Like when I sit down and I project and I have the cross, if I have a cross in my hand, 
and I'm I'm putting that cross in my mind's eye, and then naturally, like the Christ is on the cross, and so I'm seeing the Christ, and then I know, and so like. I'm at work, you know, my work is mundane, I work later than I want to, I mean, there's things that I can let myself complain about that are just stupid, but then when you project the Christ in the mind's eye and you see him suffering, he's suffering, and then, like, I know his attitude in my heart. His attitude is, Father, forgive him, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like, I know that attitude because that attitude is in my heart because I realize how tricky the ego is, how entrapping the ego is. So I can start to raise like that awareness of the Christ and I can see him following. I know that, you know, he doesn't necessarily like want to just go through all this suffering. Like he's... He's so disciplined on the path and you can, it's almost like you can be there with him. And then as you're projecting, 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 now that switches to reception. And that's not me. That's not my intellect. That's some greater, and the reason it's not even thought, it's, um, it's something bigger than that. It's something that I can't even necessarily even put into words. It's not even like I have like this great concept or it's the answer to some kind of question. It just, there's a switch. It goes from your focus and concentration of projection switches to reception. But the key is if you're aware through that entire process, now you're receiving, but you're aware that you're receiving. Before... I had no awareness of it going back and forth. I had no discipline or concentration on projection at all. So there was my projection and my reception in the ego state got so entangled. And now it's just the energy is just feeding the intellect and you're just spiraling. And you could see that so clearly with the wallet dream. Like you wake up and it's like, and once it's done and you, and it's 10 minutes later and you look back, it's like there's a net cast on you. It's like an octopus has just grabbed a hold of you. Like tendrils are all around you. And the stressors are just like dominoes. And the nature of the trap is unbelievable. And... It's just, it, it's a real good reminder. Like it, um, I was very, very grateful for the reminder, but it's definitely this discipline of understanding the projection, the reception, and the balance. You still there? Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, I think we were about to break the airways. I was getting 
I was getting chills while you were talking. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, we're, we're concentrating right on the focus point of an awakening. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I, I understood like the feelings that are going through my body right now are so freaking intense. So while you were talking, they're so intense because I'm talking about projections, but doing those throughout your whole life, I knew what to do kind of naturally, but the awakening doesn't come until what you're talking about the reception immediately. So when I used to talk about all the pain, like that first awakening, it's all coming to me how that first reception was my awakening. The first time that I was sincerely projecting in meditation, the first time I got reception is the first time I understood like what universe love was. Like that's, it's the grand reason why everyone looks for love in the wrong places because they're constantly projecting with no reception. As soon as you get the correct reception, you then don't search for love in all the wrong places. But we all know the stories of um, why people do what they do. The projecting, you know, when I talk about the pain all the time, when you're projecting without ever receiving the first reception, it's because it's extremely painful. I, I, I probably could describe it as if you never had your awakening and then I called you up and I said, Kane, you're going to have to shut your eyes and you're going to have to be sincere. You're going to have to avoid trying to answer these in your head. You're going to have to try to avoid all that. Um, get to that raw cane, how painful that could be without an awakening. When I was doing that, I obviously knew where the door was. And so I'm looking in my mind's eye as just as though as you're describing it, try to trying to hold something in. But the pain of it is because your whole life, your, your ego or your brain wants everything is trying to steal that attention because you're onto something you're, you're, you're knocking at the door. That's extremely painful when the door's never been open because everything is trying to steal your energy. Everyone's trying to gank your wallet. <laughs> right. Um, when it happened the first time it was exactly, that's why I got chills. Cause it's exactly like something came through and I knew I was receiving. It was this, the, I've described to you the light glow. I would just went and for the first time I was like, Oh my God, I've broken through. I am getting reception now. And you're like, your consciousness is sitting with this like universal consciousness. It's just being cradled. It's in, there's nothing to do. There's everything to just feel weightless, feel no stress, feel no pain anymore. Like you've broken through at that moment when I received for the first time, your receptors are on. So that's the awakening. That's the moment of awakening. That was the day that I went outside and I heard the birds with receptors on and saw trees with receptors on for the first time. 
Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, and and it's 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 very subtle too because you know there's people that can go outside and see the trees and hear the birds. It's not what I'm talking about. You can even go outside and sit and be like, you know, the birds sound really nice out here today. It's not what I'm talking about. It's not what you're talking about. This is like the receptor's on for the first time. The feelings are different. Everything is different. That projection became reception for the first time. And the encouragement, again, that I would give, like, to someone who's meditating that maybe has never felt that before or never um, felt that true love from, like, um, you know, supreme universe or or whatever you want to call it, God, however you want to describe it, is just to be patient and, if it's in my case, sit in the pain, hold the mind's eye for as long as you can, do it for 20 minutes a day, three times a day, maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks. It would be agonizing to sit down because your mind will want to say, you're not supposed to do that. You don't need to do that. You've, you're, that meditation crap doesn't work. It will try everything in its power to get you from not sitting down, to try to gank your wallet, to try to steal your energy every yeah, that single would be, time. That would be like me trying to sit down and do it like right after the wallet is stolen, like right after the wallet is stolen, you're caught. Like you can't stop because there's too many things to do. There's too many problems to fix. And so what you're, that's what you're saying. It's like, imagine trying to stop like right then. Cause you don't have a reference like to like, just give it a minute and like the awareness will come back and you'll realize where you're at. But at that moment, like right when your wallet is stolen, like it's very, very difficult to stop. It's very, very difficult to stop right down, right there in that stress and that reaction and 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 in that moment, meditate. But that's when everybody's trying to meditate. They're in that moment. It's not their wallet, but it's their life situation. It's so hard to stop in that moment. It's nearly impossible. But that's what we're talking about. Like that's the moment that needs to be attacked. Yes, if uh, in that moment when you get reception for the first time is the description of an awakening. Because no matter how you get there, you got reception for the first time um in a in a raw way. Like so, you know, something you were receiving something, something was filling you up after the ego came crashing down. I in my case push through all I can tell you is if you be patient and you hold. And like I said, one of the, the best advice as far as spiritual meditation, um, I have ever received. And it was the most encouraging thing I've ever received ever was the phrase go towards the pain. Because if you're going towards the pain and it means you're it, so you know the rope in the ocean, and you're you're holding onto a rope to get back so you don't lose where you're at because you can't see and it's dark. But you have that rope to guide you back. It's as though you're pulling on that rope, 
you know, going into darkness. You can't see where you're going, but you're just pulling on that rope. But you have the rope there. But you have the rope there because the more farther deeper you go, the more painful it gets. But the more painful it gets, the more agonizing it gets. You know you're you're pulling on the rope to like that hole of sunshine that you can't see yet. You're pulling on that rope, and there's some hole out there that is as far as you pull, the more pain, the more agonizing. But you have the rope. As long as you hold on to the rope, it's it's not going to break you. It's like the lifeline to the universe. Like if you're in pain, hold on to the rope, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. But you always have that. As long as you keep pulling and going, you can't lose where you're at. As long as you stay on that straight line, straight into the pain. And and one day, just like the guy said in the jump, one day you'll jump in the astral. One day the receptor will be turned on to meditation. And you'll have what everyone talks about as an awakening. And you walk outside and you hear the birds for the first time. Yeah, it seems like in that scenario, you would it would just become clear, like the reception would be like the rope isn't even there. Once, yeah, once you get to the light, the rope's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, and and what you were holding on to is just something that's in you anyway. You don't even need to hold on to it. But that that's the moment of clarity where. The, the reception turns into turns into understanding that the whole system, the whole system of divinity is actually coming right through you. And yeah, that's interesting with the, with the rope analogy. And when you're going with the uh, going with the pain there. Um, well, because you can't see when you're yeah. not awake. So that's why, in hindsight, that was the best sight, best advice pre-awakening I ever got. Because you don't necessarily know feeling pain is a good thing until someone you trust says, no, go towards the pain in a calm right. and, and like loving way. That's, that's the best piece of advice. You know, and other people since then have said it, Eckhart Tolle or, or, Osho, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll all be in agreement. I mean, if you, and it's, it's that suffering, agonizing type pain, like death, like ego dying. Yeah, because it separates, because separates. the one feeling the pain is the ego. You're yes. not feeling any pain, right? Correct. You're, yeah. in order for you to have an awakening, that has to sever. Yeah. And that's like yeah. extremely painful because your ego, what we talked about, the intellect wants to jump into thought and solve all your problems, wants to jump into this. What happens when the ego, you're meditating, what happens when you feel pain, a thought comes up of temptation and you jump into that thought? You have no more pain. Right. It's a distraction. It's right. it's that's the easy route because once you jump into the thought, it's like, oh, okay, I'm safe here. I feel good. This is where I right. feel good. Feeling good does not mean you're going down the right path. 
That just means you're feeling good. Right. And that's why I said the rope analogy, because it's as though you're in the ocean, you're not awake yet. It's dark. You're trying to get back to that hole where, you know, you pull your head out of the water and then all of a sudden you see the sunshine and then there's the light and you don't need the rope anymore. But to, to, to guide you on that straight line, the rope is the pain. The rope is the pain. You, if you stay on the rope, you stay on the level of pain. It gets to a degree of pain that it has to snap. You're waiting for the snap moment. And then that's the most beautiful thing because you have a snap and then reception. Snap, reception. At that point, that's your awakening. Snap, reception. Never received before. Ever. Right. Yeah, it's beautiful. I... We're we're so clear on that concept, and I know for like you and I, we can go back and forth there. We can see it, but uh, I I would just kind of throw down a little bit of a challenge. Um, I think for our level, like understanding that, and now it's like putting that into practice. Like that reception point can be sought after. Like, that's what meditation is. So there's, there's like the divinity tricks, like anything you can do where you're, where you're taking any kind of deity, like into that mind's eye that you can relate to. Obviously, the Christ is going to work really well with us. That's why I think the drawing works, because anytime you're sitting down and creating, that's a divine force. So that that's a that's also a path back to divinity and i've played around with it in a couple of different ways but the whole point is holding something with projection and concentration and all you're doing when you do that is you're paying attention and you're going to witness the flip to reception and once you witness the flip to reception now you're meditating. And then once you're meditating, now that that experience, that's not even necessarily, you know, mystical. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, the heavens are going to open up and, and, and it's going to drive you that way. But I know for you specifically, like you're, you're going to, like once you understand that switch point and you see it a couple of times, you're going to get hungry for it. Because you're going to know exactly what it is. And then that creates discipline. That creates devotion. And I think that might be kind of the part that we're missing in terms of how to take things um, deeper into the dreams and into the astral. Because where we've obviously done it before, we know a little bit, but we're, we're missing the switch at night. We're missing that switch from projection to reception. Correct. And all it takes is practice. I mean, so you got to know where the practice. You got to know where the practice field is. Oh.